You're listening to the Say Chill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Say Chill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do. Hey, Chip. Hey, Stephen. Here we are, another podcast. I know. It's, cruising right along. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Hey, we, How's you know, your day going? My day's going okay. I've had a good day. Good week. Good week. Yeah. Good Good few weeks. Good few weeks. Yeah. You know, I came back from Africa a few weeks ago and uh, really... I'm not even sure what I've thought about my Africa trip, but it, it, I'm still trying to figure out what happened uh-huh. um, for me and and the talks I was given there and stuff. But but the break away from work, like the, the really the break away from my compulsive rhythm of life. Yeah. And then I got sick coming back. I got a fl- some kind of flu virus, African yeah. flu bug. I think it was Ebola. I think I survived. I think I'm fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your whole family. We hit the whole family. You know? are genetically superior. We kind of kept me. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> oh, Heather may be, but no, the rest of us are. Uh, but uh, we got hit with this flu bug, which kind of kept me down another week, which really threw me threw me off my game. But the the grace in that for me did it is, scare you? It it didn't that scare so far me off your game. It scared you. It kind of frustrated me. Yeah. But then I realized, like, oh my gosh, like I'm not. Like three weeks was enough to detox me right now. Your body just jerked was, three or four I, times. I just trying to move into, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's like I'm still kind of in my. Hopefully, will be a long term rhythm, but certainly is a new rhythm of of a little slower, a little more thoughtful, you know, kind of pace, which is nice. It's really nice. So I'm having a great week. It's Friday. I'm not overworked. We've started having this yoga instructor come to our house twice a week. Oh, gee. And it's awesome. Yeah. Her name's Melissa. Uh-huh. She's really nice. And, she, yeah. and she's got this yoga kind of zen, feng shui kind of thing going yeah. on. Like, like she's always calm. Like our dog, when she walks in the backyard, because we do it outside in the backyard, uh-huh. Heather and I get out there, and the dog, who usually goes crazy and barks at everybody, just walks up and kind of sits and looks at Melissa. <laughs> like okay. she really has a... Piece of a, whatever. A, 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 well, maybe a practice calmness, like a stillness, yeah. you know? You know, my my uh, uh, yoga instructor uh, <laughs> runs a place called Gray Bear. Yeah. And I don't have a yoga instructor, but he's this guy that's helped me for years with his body work and because of my, my yeah, that's I think I was telling a story about me right now. But I want to tell you something <laughs> well, about I this. Well, I don't to talk about me. I want to tell you about this piece. That you come right back to it. <laughs> okay. But he has this place called I'm Gray easily Bear. distracted. Well, you'll come back. I will come. I'll bring you back to the yoga instructor. <laughs> okay. He said he was doing yoga poses, and he had a, a it's like a squirrel influx out at Gray Bear. And uh, he was telling me the story. I about, love how we're now doing product placements on the Sage Podcast. He, he, was I love doing, it. <laughs> he was doing this yoga pose, and he looked up and saw these squirrels that had gotten into his buildings, was eating wires, and just threatening to burn the place down. Grabs his shotgun. <laughs> Kills the squirrel, uh, has a dog that runs Namaste. after him, and then he comes back and goes into his peaceful yoga pose. So, you know, uh, I, so it was he. He was laughing about that the whole yoga thing is about staying in that place. You know? Yeah, until the squirrels eat your wires, or that dog tries to bite. I mean, come on, man. Okay, go ahead. Oh, well, anyway, so Melissa comes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and Heather and I go out there and do our our. Uh, Geriatric yoga is what I think she's being mm-hmm. kind to kind of mm-hmm. show us some geriatric yoga. Yeah. And because um, you're so old. Well, I, uh, you're more fit than I am, let's put it that way. So it's not really about age, it's more about uh, lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> but I've maybe discovered a stiff. But just changing my schedule, 
right? Like creating a little more space in my morning a couple of days a week yeah. has really helped me hold on to um, a more generous, present mindset, you know, that I, that I had, that I found being gone from my compulsivity for three weeks. Yeah. You know? And so it's been really nice. So, to, so you're not in charge anymore. Um, I've not thought of it that way, but yeah, I don't feel much in charge right now. I don't feel too yeah. worried about it right now. Now, yeah. you know, it's still the middle of the month. Mortgages do the beginning of the month. So yes. I, I might get a little anxious towards yes. the end of the month. But, yeah. uh, but you're talking about a reduction of compulsivity, having to be in control. So running from the wolves or rats or right. towards or wherever you you're said, headed. Or, uh, having a tiger by the tail. That's what you've said to I've me. Said to, yeah, Two think, tigers by the tail. I've, I've said you have tiger by the ears and you're looking at its face <laughs> if you let go. You know. Dead. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like somehow coming back from that trip, I was able to let go of the tiger, which is great. Yeah, you know, is and great I hope Steve. I don't find it again, though. I may. Um, and I'll season. Gonna, there'll be seasons, season, won't there? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. But I've also noticed in that, like this, uh, maybe a more openness to to be playful, to be relaxed, to be present, um, and be really more creative. I've been a lot more creative in the last few weeks and work on some projects with you and things. So it's good to be back in the podcast studio to kind of get some creativity out and have fun and yeah. play. Um, you know, when I was there, I was I was doing some teaching around uh, what does it mean to to live wholeheartedly? What does it mean to have resilience? What does it mean to to push on into life and, mm-hmm. and even in some of the environments that people are in are like living in Somalia. They're living in, you know, working with refugees who are child soldiers in Uganda. I mean, just really rough work. Yeah. You know? So it's really hard to keep heart when you're facing so much despair, you know? Yeah. And and I could see since people getting burned out, like going through burnout. Yeah. And one of the one of the topics that kept coming up it was something you introduced to me was about this grunt and the groan. Yeah. And the grunt of self-will, the grunt of willpower, the grunt yeah. of, of try hard and keep going no mm-hmm. matter what, mm-hmm. as opposed to this groan. Yeah. You know? And you tell this, you highlight it so well in the David and Goliath story. Yeah. You know? And so would you, would you talk about that a little yeah. bit, like the difference? Yes. But you, you know, if you don't mind, just as you brought that up, the, 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 how vital the groan has to be the more we know how life really is mm. outside of what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Because there's a young woman that I've been a uh, very dear friend of, of me and Sonia's, and uh, and she uh, just back from the Philippines, and she, she and another woman uh, her age started a, a not-for-profit um, attempting to work in the slave trade uh, in uh, Angeles. Uh, Philippines, and her stories um, are unbelievable and mm-hmm. overwhelming, just like you just described mm-hmm. in Somalia. And she's talked about how she doesn't know where to put it all, and she and the, the feeling the survivors' shame of leaving after a certain number of, of, of months and months and months there. It, it just the the. The, when she left, it's, it, it, nothing had changed, and the world was still happening like oh, it was gosh. happening before she got there. Yeah, and the I children, gave all this, and not, it didn't make any difference. Really. That's the, the, yeah, and then yet they're still there, and all these people, these children yeah. that I care about, are still suffering under horrific manipulation mm. and unconscionable people 
using them. Yeah. And most of the people doing so, uh, well, they're foreigners who are coming into the Philippines to yeah. abuse these people. So, and and we, if all we have is the grunt, we, by grunt, you know, you're talking about, you said self-will and pushing and seeing something horrific and, you know, desire, screaming, Just something needs to be desire, done about yeah. it. And so we, we, we create all these programs and we appropriately do invest all of this energy and put in all of this money. And still, you know, the old story, the, all those starfish fishes, so to speak, yeah. wash, wash up on the beach and, and most of them are going to die. But there's that child that's <clears throat> running them back and forth into the ocean, carrying one or two at a time. Mm-hmm. And an old man comes up and says, I don't know why it has to be an old man, but just, you know, it's somebody we think of as, you know, wise, wise and yet yeah. hopeless. And he says, <laughs> uh, he says, uh, terrible. well, you know, he, he says that to, to the child, that's not going to do any good. And uh, <clears throat> um, the child says it's going to do good for this one. And puts it back in the ocean, and then goes and gets another one. So the child rebels uh, against hopelessness, and but is still not able to integrate wisdom into the hope. And this young woman is back from the Philippines, and her hope is just shattered because of all of the starfish she sees dying. Mm. You know, and that will die. Um, and even the idea of, well, she blessed or helped this one or that one, it's still she's having to face death, destruction, darkness, and despair all around her. Um, and where does a person put that? Because the grunt is worthless in the face of that. And I think a face of that that reality uh, that... that uh, a person has to work really hard to avoid. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, if I open my eyes to see the way things really are, if I have any conscience at all, I'm going to do something about it. And and we'll be overwhelmed at the same time. And I will not be able to feel. And it. if we're not good at groaning, and and actually knowing how to pour it out, I think we, I don't think we, I think we have to run from helping, because you, none of us is ever going to help enough. To stop what is happening around us, even in our own worlds, our own lives, you know, there's not enough money. Right. There aren't enough rocks. Not enough time. Yeah. Not enough energy. There's yeah. not enough. Yeah. yeah. So we we can though at least do this. We talk a lot about King David in the Old Testament as someone we admire and respect, and yet we we raise our children or perform in our lives in so many ways that we try to appear unaffected or we try to keep life from getting to us. We talk about admiring David, who's called a man after a a person after God's own heart. And that means that he lived between one and 10. He lived how he was created. He made great confession. He never could get rid of his conscience. He never could stay away from how he was created in relationships. So Psalm 139, how I'm knit together to... To Psalm one, who lives with God, to where are you, where have you gone, God? To I'm so full of jubilation, I, I can't stand living in with my own clothes on. I mean, dancing <laughs> in front of the ark, remember? Yeah. Um, and then wondering, you know, him 
just same guy in the time of year when kings go to war, he took a nap on his couch. Absolutely, you know? and then uh, uh, helped kill a man. So yeah. this was a guy called after man after God's own heart. But what David was great at doing was the groan of living between one and ten. He could groan about uh, sadness, and he could groan about uh, a jubilation. In other words, he was speaking out his heart mm. in all of its facets. Versus Goliath, who was a giant, who could step on people, who could keep life from affecting him, who could hide behind his face, who could talk big from the context of being able to defeat everything around him. I mean, he had a tiger by the tail, so to speak. So we talk about King David, and yet we do everything we can to keep from facing our groan. And we raise ourselves and others to be grunters. Be Goliaths. Yeah, we we raise Goliath, but talk about King David. Instead of stepping into our own lives and going ahead and facing, it hurts. And sometimes it's so wonderful, we wish we could die right there. And sometimes no one will notice when we're doing our best. Like and when sometimes, we're doing well, no one sees it. Yes. Yeah, it's quiet. Yes. And um, there there uh, aren't enough hands to um, take all the starfish back into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have answers for it. I've got tons of questions. And yet, you know, you were talking about wondering not too long ago if something you'd really invested in was worth doing because the zeros weren't adding up. Right. Because zeros add up to zero. Yeah. And I said that there's, you know, something to you about look at the starfish. And and just kind of woke you up a little bit. Yeah. From what you told me. It you reminded know, me of what really what I care about. What you were doing. Yeah. yeah. And so it's yeah, and uh, and then this young woman that, that Sonia and I are talking to, uh, we'll spend time with her helping her groan. Because at the at the very young age of twenty three, she has seen voluntarily uh, that which uh, we wish none of us would ever have to see. But she's she's gone to war without a captain or a general around her. Right, you know, just a young woman who cared. Now she doesn't know where to put God. Do you know yeah. what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I think that's that's a scary part too, right? For a lot of us, is that we we grow up in, in a in a family and an environment and in a belief system that that we really feel like oftentimes we have God figured out, we have life figured out, yeah. we have the right principles and precepts and orders yeah. and rules to follow, and we we turn mystery into law, right? Like this yeah. is how life's supposed to be done. And I guess if we're fortunate enough to step out in our own passions. That will get blown up in our faces. Yes, you know? and so so it's not that God goes away, but if we're going to talk about King David and use him as an example, then we need to be writing our own psalms. Yeah, because if we step into life like he did, we better be good at groaning, and we better be good at groaning to God. Because I, I, I absolutely believe that God is present with us. Hmm. And I know that when I don't see, feel, or experience that presence, the groan is there. Even if the groan is the protest of me in my psalm, so to speak, saying, where did you go? Right. You know, because that's right out of the mouth of David. Where did you go? You know, I thought you would be here. Where did you go? That's part of the groaning. Instead of just grunting our way through it, which is a way of hiding our need and also hiding our joy, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. agree with that? I, I do agree yeah. with that. I'm reminded of you know, my 
probably my favorite novel, The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, you like that? I love that book. Yeah, I love the passion of a father to so, oh, to not oh. stop to get his son to the coast. Yes, like just to yes, you know, in the midst of absolute hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And the son kept asking the father, "Do, do you care, do we are we the good guys? Do we carry the flame?" Yeah, and, and almost like the son needed the dad's reassurance that mm-hmm. that is this is worth it. That there's something mm-hmm. bigger than what I'm seeing in front of me. You know. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a scene in there where the son's falling asleep and the dad's got this cough and pretty, you know, McCarthy's, I think, strongly hinting at this dad's going to die. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And the dad lets God have it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it, to me, it's this beautiful human experience of hope and, and despair and the groan mm-hmm. of life, mm-hmm. you know, and um, – and that they're on this mountaintop in East Tennessee, and you know he's just bringing all that he has in his soul about mm-hmm. his son and his wife that's no longer living, and the state of the world, and mm-hmm. you know, and he just can't stop wanting it to be different, and can't stop moving towards getting his son home, mm-hmm. you know, into a new home yes. or to new, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's when you're talking and thinking about, yeah, God, that's that the passion of that, the the groan of that, the that's so much different than the the grunt of, of struggle. Yes. Yeah, which is needed. Yes. Right? It's See, not... gr- it's add the groan to the grunt. Yeah. See, this is not about not grunting. Right. We, we're made to grunt, to be, yep. to step into that, to, to actually, you know, fight for control. Yep. I mean, I get that. Yeah. But um, hope uh, is a, is a groan mm. more than a grunt. Do you know? I do know. Mm-hmm. And 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 frankly, since we've stepped into this too, hope's not enough. If God isn't present. Hope is a fool's errand, honestly. In fact, and to me, it's a confirmation that God is. It's lunacy. Because right? I'm a prisoner of hope. Yeah. It won't go away. Mm-hmm. I think so often, I'll interrupt you, but I think so often we want to argue and defend uh, religion with apologetics. This is my soapbox. Yeah. Because we don't really want to face the groan in us. And, and the depth of the groan in us that we want to make faith and spirituality a religious ideal in, instead of a human experience. A living, breathing, a living, human, breathing experience. human experience. right? That really puts us in relationship with God. Yeah. And, and, and not uh, facing the, the when the experience of we don't experience God's presence, but that God is. That, yeah. that not just the groan of where did you go, but the groan of I'm so thrilled that you're here. Yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, Often those aren't even bookends, right? They're at the same time. Yeah, but what you're describing is also the way so many, if we can get the formula together, then we can X God out and talk a lot about God. And make ourselves feel really comfortable. Yeah. You know? And I think we do that in all, psychology, we do the same thing. It's not a religion problem. Psychology does the same thing. Yeah. You know, and, and, let's talk about how to get control of life. Yeah. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's get really good at, meditation so I don't have to ever face my life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And meditation and mindfulness are awesome techniques, but they don't take the place of living. Living. Technique. Yeah. You said it. Technique. Mm-hmm. And we can turn anything we can turn the eight feelings, the spiritual root system into technique and not a living experience. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I just I, that story about the groan and the grunt has really struck me and um I hope it encourages other people too to mm-hmm. to find the things in their life that they are groaning in because the groan, as you said, is a testimony to their hope. 
Yes. You know, and that they've gotten in touch with their hope when they've gotten in touch with their groan. Yes. And I think so often we misconstrue hope to be uh, this relief of struggle. Like, yes. oh, I'll maybe wish to get to this place. Oh, it's the place. beginning of fear. Yeah, it is. But you know, and, and God, you know, we talk about, uh, we did a podcast about um, we're, we're created to live between one and ten, yeah. which is the great loss, the great success, right. the great grief, the, the great spectrum. celebration. Just live. And we, we and, bec- and that's a scary proposition if it's, we we have to fall over towards one, you know, right? <laughs> but the alternative is to squeeze our lives into five and five, and which is sort of like living between two, the space between two connecting hotel rooms. You know those, <laughs> yeah. You know, live between the walls. Live between the walls, mm-hmm. and uh, God doesn't live between the walls. God can find us between the walls, but that doesn't leave any room yeah. for God. God's in the wide open spaces. God's already in the wide open spaces where we're called as we're created to live Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have to like it but I may have to face it (laughs) I love that that's in there that's good thank you Chip hey thank you Stephen